Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the Good Listeners Podcast, Episode 2. Today I talked to my grandfather, Grandpa Ron, Ronald Rocks. He uh, was born in uh, 1947, so he's 74. Uh, He's really great. He's very interesting. I I find him interesting because we're very different people. Not very sim, not super similar. Some ways we're similar, but he's um, my grandfather on my dad's side. He fought in Viet. He served in Vietnam. He didn't fight, but he served in Vietnam. Um, so thank him for his service. If you ever see him, really interesting guy. He's got a lot of great stories to tell, uh, and we kind of get into it. We it's he's as I mentioned at the beginning of the record of. Uh, the interview he's not really into music so we talk about music a lot but we kind of get off of it and in general i think this is one of the best episodes we've done so far and we're only on episode two it could get better from here might get worse but uh if you heard the first episode and you hated it try this one maybe you won't hate it maybe you'll like it just a little bit please i'll be your best friend all right, let's uh, just get into it, home dog. Okay, hey, Grandpa. Hey, Alex, how you doing? Pretty good. I got some questions for you here. All right, buddy. I've already, after we record this, I'm going to record an introduction. So I've already introduced you. Everybody knows what you're about. Oh, okay, all right. Okay. So I want to know what, this is crazy. So you don't like music. It's not that I don't like it. I do like it. I've just never actively pursued it. Like I'll listen to talk right. radio. I don't listen to FM stations right. as a rule. I do like it. Right. But I'm not, it's not really a major part of my life. Well, I've noticed you seem to have a, I will get in the car and I'll put music on and you have a short attention span for it. You get into it for a second and then you're thinking about something else. And you turn it down. Do you know what I mean? Well, two things. One, if we're in a car, I'd rather talk with you. Okay. And secondly, the music you might have on would, number one, I can't comprehend it. I can't, you know, dissect it. You know, so it's not enjoyable for me. But as a rule, you I don't listen have to, to talk, talk it's, Is it really important to dissect art? Well, it's got to be pleasing to the air. And, and you know, if I don't enjoy it, okay. I'm, I'm not going to want to listen to it. Because usually when I when I sit down with somebody and I put on music, I try to fit it to them. So I'm not going to put oh, no, on... Oh, you're right. You have done I don't that. put you're on right. Kendrick Lamar for you. He's a rapper. No, no. No, you're right. You put on stuff that I can relate yeah. to. Like I said, though, it's always I'd rather talk to you than have be in a car and just listen to music. Right. You know, but I do, I do enjoy it. I love to go out dancing. Mm-hmm. You know, over the years, I've enjoyed that. Yeah, do you... Um, First of all, do you remember what's the first album you bought? Did you ever buy an album? <laughs> I don't. You know what? I I bet I haven't. I bet when I was young, okay, I'm seventy four. Mm-hmm. So when I was young, say nineteen fifty six, fifty seven, uh, you know, my parents had seventy twos, forty fives came out, you know, and I I don't know if I ever I might have bought one or two records. You know Elvis or mm-hmm. Ricky Nelson, but 
never bought music ever. Yeah, you told me about how Elvis coming out and picked impacted you and your friends. Yeah, well, again, for me personally, we used to have seventh eighth grade to have Coke parties, and mm-hmm. you'd go. When I say Coke, I'm talking about Coca Cola. <laughs> Right, yeah. and the snacks, and you dance. Not sugar. You got it right, right. You just <laughs> dance fast. I was yeah. a dance fast, so it was fun. And again, Elvis came out, and Ricky Nelson, you know, was on home at home with the Ozzy and Harriet show, and yeah, you know, you wanted to be like Ricky Nelson, or you wanted to be like Elvis because all the girls were screaming. Right. But I've never, and then when you said an album. I don't know. I must have bought a couple in my life. Yeah. I mean, that's how, you know, it's just right. you know, dearth as far as seeking out music for me. I was always into just playing sports. Yeah. Um, do you remember people being upset about rock and roll? Ah, uh, boy, that's a good question. You know, because I wasn't in those places where people were probably playing it. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as my family, I don't think so. You know, I think in my age, you know, the kids were told to be quiet, go out and play. So Mm -hmm. there wasn't that, you know, they might have music on inside and people might have music, young people might have music that they were listening to. So it wasn't really a problem. It wasn't like, you know, it's evil and don't listen to it. Nothing like that. Right. I But I've seen TV spots on the news, old old news, right? right, where they say... Rock and roll, uh, this rock and roll the children are listening to, it could be bad, you know. It could be say, satanic, tonight at 11. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you I never saw that on TV? Never. You know what it was, too? I think the South, where they had Southern Baptists and Pentecostal churches, mm-hmm. up north in, say, Connecticut, where I was raised, is more Catholicism, mm-hmm. and there's there wasn't that that many Pentecostal churches or Baptist churches. So there wasn't that sense of rock and roll was evil. You didn't really yeah. know that. I think that was a deep south kind of thing. You don't remember? Do you remember hearing about on TV when uh, John Lennon said uh, we're we're bigger than Jesus? And they burned all. Oh this, right, yeah. Right? That was obviously, I think, you know, caught Christians' attention. Yeah, yeah, it caught my attention. You know, to say that which obviously was incorrect on his part. It's just funny. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because it's funny how a stupid young person, he's just a young guy saying, crapping something out and then everyone goes on fire about it. Like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Exactly. Nobody has to be upset here. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, no, the, the adulation, the attention, I can understand how he could think, yeah. they must think I walk on water. They right. must think I'm bigger than Jesus. Yeah, and, and, and factual probably, young people were spending more time mm-hmm. with his music than you know, being concerned about the Lord or being concerned about being yeah. a Christian. Well, they tried to recoup after that and say exactly what you were, you just said. Say like, oh, we weren't saying it was a good thing. We were just saying, making a point about how Oh, yeah. No, culture, that makes sense. You know, yeah. I don't think that's really what he meant. You really he, think he, he was he, just trying to not be in trouble anymore. Yeah. His agent probably told him, yeah. go out and make it okay. Yeah. You're, I don't, you're I'm tired hurt, of getting letters. You're going to hurt record sales or something. Yeah. Um, so this is interesting. Um, I, I love punk rock. I love hip hop. I like music that's very emotional or very wild. And a lot of the best songs are very political, unfortunately. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like Rage Against, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. 
You've got a like lot of political songs. Or... Yeah, reggae music or hip-hop is a lot of right. black power music, right, right? Right, right, And I'm very conservative, so there's never going to be a political song that I'm going to agree with. Right, Do you right. know what I mean? Yep, yep. But I listen to it anyway, and I, I really enjoy it. At the same time, I go, this is garbage. This doesn't make any sense, but I'm really enjoying music. Do you remember something like anything like that about like, you're hearing a song and you're like, this is lame. This doesn't make any sense, but I dig this song. But you know what? I think that was a fortunate thing because I was there at the beginning. You mm-hmm. know, like I'm, I was born in '47, so you know, rock and roll just came in in the late '50s at, at that point, and they were all simple love stories or happy-go-lucky things or sexual innuendos mm-hmm. that they would have. But there was no really political thing other than Mar, you know, Marley doing his, mm-hmm. you know, against the man or whatever. So I don't think that be- after Vietnam. I think there That's came started. a time when music was that a protest against the government. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously civil rights happened in the '60s, and that music took mm-hmm. on, uh, you know, the the, the significance of um, you know civil rights and freedom for for Black Americans and um, like Richie Havens at Woodstock, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Again, I can't remember the songs, but I know they were protest songs, yeah. you know. So, uh, but personally, I'm just, that, for me, I didn't hear a lot of that. Right. I'm thinking, as someone who was in Vietnam, right, and right. you t- told me about Walter Con- Cronkite, how he misreported on it. What was that about? Oh, I just, you know, you're in Vietnam, and, you know, you get drafted. I was drafted, and... Um, you go over there and you're doing your duty, you know, you're, as a citizen of the United States, your country calls you, you go. Mm-hmm. You hope that everybody's, in terms of the hierarchy, the president, Congress, is making the right choices. But it's, you know, they've been elected, so, right. you know, they do get to tell us what wars we're going in. Mm-hmm. So, to, to have at a time when uh, Cronkite and the reporters were all reporting that we're losing this war. It was right. I was there during the Tet Offensive, right. uh, January 1968, and uh, actually we were winning the war. They had mm-hmm. launched this total country offensive throughout Vietnam, and uh, we beat them all back. You know, we actually were probably at the best point. Mm-hmm. But from Cronkite's viewpoint or the media, the fact that they could launch that kind of offensive, they felt we weren't winning the war, and that wasn't the case. And if you Listen to the communists. They were close to losing, you know, the, right. whether when Nixon was bombing them, but they were close to giving up. But they had the U.S. media to go to for encouragement because they right. would say, hey, these guys, they don't like the war. We just got to hang on. And now, of course, wars in Vietnam for, for hundreds of years. So, therefore, their culture doesn't mind fighting their whole lives. Yeah. And we, we wanted things to be over with quickly. It wasn't. And and again, I fought the media. Had we hung in there, we would have won the war. Right. And millions of Vietnamese, South Vietnamese, wouldn't have been murdered. Communism wouldn't come in and did what they did to that country. So, yeah, we could say, well, we saved U.S. lives, but millions of South Vietnamese people died because communism came in. Right. You know, so, and, and when I came back from Vietnam, yeah, there was no... You know, how to go, thank you for your service. I can't right. go anywhere if I use my veteran's car for a discount mm-hmm. where they don't say thank you for your service. Right. Now, 
I know how sincere it is. But at the end of the day, when I came back from Vietnam, there was no yeah. parties for me. There was no how to go. Thank you for fighting this war for us. Right. So, um, but I, I understand it. You know, I understand that, like I said, young people certainly didn't want to go fight and, you know, come back in a body bag or whatever. So it's understand. I can understand their perspective. Yeah. But I mean, it still hurts that we didn't win that war. Yeah. I mean, that was the first war we ever lost. Well, the thing that I heard was that the reason was because it was the first that like broadcast nationally broadcast war that right. you could see it on TV. Oh yeah, they were right in the trenches. Yeah, you know, I was fortunate. You know, even though I got dra- drafted, I test pretty well, so I was in Army intelligence, analyzing aerial photography and picking out bomb sites for them to go and bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I said the power that the United States have in terms of military, if we had unleashed it all, we, we would have won the war readily. But yeah. because, like you said, it was on TV every night, you know, you see, wow, 100 Americans got killed. And it does seem like a lot. We might have killed 5,000 Viet Cong, but that 100 Americans is what everybody was talking about. Yeah. Um, the problem with the, the protest music of that time is it's so juvenile. What did you say, the music? Yeah, the protest music. Yeah. Oh, we hate war and love everybody. It's, there's, what you just said had way more depth to it, right? Than we hate war and, you know, not that they're wrong. War is a bad thing. But can we get a little deeper, please? This is, this is lame. You're up here. Right. We should be down here as adults. Do you it's, know what I mean? Exactly. The end of the day, too, communism was growing. You know, you had Soviet Union, which was huge. You had China, communist country, which wanted to expand into Southeast Asia. And I, I really get disappointed in young people who will say, oh, that's not our business. You know, well, guess what? During World War One or World War Two, had America not gone into this war, we'd be speaking German right now right. in World War Two, without a doubt. So we are the bastion of freedom. We are the ones that promote democracy. If not us, who, who goes? Right. So, you know, it's very selfish, I think, to stay in your warm little house and say, I'm not going to help other countries mm. who are going through, you know, uh, communism, you know. I mean, obviously, democracy works. Communism is an evil, evil form of government. Of course. You know? Yeah. So, but you're right about the music. It being very simplistic. It's very easy. Oh, yeah, we don't want to kill anybody. Nobody right. wants to kill anybody. Nobody right. wanted to go to Vietnam. You know, nobody would choose to do that. But if you're fighting freedom, you're fighting for democracy, that's what you do. Yeah. Um, why don't you... You almost went to Woodstock. Almost. Actually, I was there. I Were was you, though? There. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never quite arrived to the stage... But my friend George and I, like six, seven o'clock at night, sitting in a bar, having a beer, hearing on the radio that all these young people are getting together upstate New York in Woodstock. So we got in our, you know, little Volkswagen bug. You're in Connecticut. In Connecticut, right. Southern Connecticut. And I don't know what it was, three hours, four hours to get up there. So it's like 10, 11 o'clock, we get up there and it's a parking lot. You can only go so far and then you stop. And then we get out of our car, start marching towards what, you know, is the stage. Yeah. And everybody's just, oh, yeah, a little, a little farther. Well, two, three hours later, it's like two in the morning. 
finally we looked at each other and said, this is ridiculous. And then, yeah. And probably we could have been 15 minutes away. I don't know. But we just had had enough. Well, could you hear it at th- when? I, I, no, I think if we could have heard it, we would have kept going. Because okay. then we would have felt we were like 10 minutes away. But I got a feeling if we got there, it would have been like 3 in the morning. And mm-hmm. we would have been right in all the muck and the mire. And right. all the... The need of a bathroom, need of water, and a bunch of garbage all around. So, no. So, we were on the farm, but we had never got to the right. stage to see the show <laughs> or hear the music. What a, it's just funny how, what a missed opportunity. I guess maybe I understand you being there at the time. I'm in the time. I don't know how historic this is, event is really. I just think it's a fun thing to do. And if it's too much work, meh. Well, no. Now, they have them all the time. You see different... Around the country, different, you know, I don't know what you call them, fairs or festivals. Music festivals. Yeah, they're all the time. Back then, they didn't have them. That was like a first of a really, they had jazz festivals. Right. This was, in our mind, 100,000 young people for a party. That's what we were going to. And like I said, music was really secondary to me. And yet, all those wonderful artists that were there. Right. You know, if I was a music lover, that would have motivated me to certainly get to the stage and spend the next day or two days there to to watch what was going on. So, uh, again, indicative of me obviously not being a a music lover. Yeah, maybe I I never thought of it that way that they have them all the time now, music festivals, which is true. But I've always thought of Woodstock as different. But maybe it's just like because I wasn't able to because maybe it wasn't all that different than just a regular music festival. Do you know no, what I mean? No, I really was. Unfortunately, they lost the, the control. Yeah. So they sold X amount of tickets. So if they, the people that bought tickets were the only ones to show up, mm-hmm. it would have been fine. But just think, like, if you have a theater with 2,000 tickets and 20,000 people show up, right. you know. By the way, you said that was the first one. It wasn't the first one. Did you, do you know what the first music festival was? I'm not talking jazz festivals like the Newport. first rock music festival. Uh, wait, hold on. Would it have been the one with the Stones? Mm-hmm. The one, no. It's called Monterey Pop. Uh, the Mamas and the Papas. Oh, okay. That. And yeah. they had numerous artists. Yeah. Oh, okay. They had Jefferson Airplane, Mamas and Papas, and that was, of... took place prior. Yeah, it took place in Monterey. I don't know. It took place in Monterey, California. No, the one I mean, the Woodstock was '68, I believe. I, I just thought it was '69. Oh, check it out. When I could be wrong. Dead air. Oh, we're not dead air. <laughs> this isn't working. Well, you just have to give a, I give up a on rebate to your advertisers. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so did um, you like dancing? Yes, right? I love dancing. Have you noticed dancing change throughout the years? Well, of course, when I started, it was like the jitterbug mm-hmm. and swing dancing, and you know, you held on to your your girl. Then eventually, got to be, you know, um, you know, standing alone dancing. And uh, I'm trying to think the different lessons that we had taken. Like there was swing lessons, and then there was I forgot the one that was in the '70s. You took dance lessons in school? No, 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 no. After I was married, oh. I, we took dance lessons, lesson for whatever was popular then. Right. I can't recall what it was, unfortunately. But um, 
in that regard, it, like I said, it went from couples dancing together, you know, holding hands and sw- swirling people around, to everybody kind of dancing, doing their own thing. Right. Right? So, um, but as far as dancing, I mean, going to weddings and that was like a highlight or going out for a night and dancing at, at a club, which is great. Now, if you're not into music, why is that fun? I don't know. Maybe it's funny because I, I love I love sports and I love competition. Maybe the physicality of yeah. it. You know, it could be that. Obviously, being with a, your wife or right. girlfriend or whatever is fun. Women, girls love dancing as a rule. Yeah. You know, any guy that says, oh, I don't want to dance, you know, is going to be... Not know, go very far. Not go very far, no. <laughs> no Might not most, hit all the bases. Most women, most, a lot of men, I would hope, you know, want to dance. I enjoy it. I mean, I always enjoy it. And if you think you're good, right. you know, people compliment you, then it kind that's of reinforces nice. it. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Did you and Grandma Betty ever bond over music I you know Christian music you know your grandmother was very de- devout and uh, so uh, you're talking about concerts and I can't we went to a couple you know several Christian concerts but as far as music not really not at yeah. all I mean you know uh, Christian music in the Pentecostal church you know, ho- you know holy roller music some people might want to say it you know spirit filled music yeah I've, in fact that's the music I've enjoyed the most Okay. You know, some music that emotionally moves you outside of yourself and into maybe a place of grace or relating yeah. to God and uh, conviction. You that's know? interesting because that's something I've had a hard time doing. Yeah, you said it doesn't move you. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't, maybe I'm not old enough or something, but that kind of stuff doesn't feel very real to me. Except in specific instances where I'm having a hard time or something, you know? Yeah. It's almost like you have to kind of empty yourself, get out of your own head, yeah. and listen to the words and repeat them. And, and again, I think it's being open. For me, yeah. in fact, when I think of music, it's, it's funny you, you brought that up because that probably has moved me the most. Yeah. Versus, say, romantic music or right. hard rock music. But, well, I noticed romantic love songs... I, everybody loves love songs but I noticed recently they're kind of shallow they're all about me oh you make me feel this way they're not really realistic they're like instead of two people serving each other like it says in the bible right right, right. oh you make me feel so good and you know this I think that a lot of music is kind of selfish no about you, yourself yeah or they're telling their story and it's yeah. their perspective you know it's funny a lot of uh, songwriters are great when they're going through angst and troubles mm-hmm. in their lives, they come up with all, you know, even Adele was talking about, you know, when she, her relationships and breaking up. Mm-hmm. Now that she's divorced, like her next album is going to be about divorce and right. heartache, you know. And um, I think I think good music is when other people can say, yeah, I've experienced that as well. Right. You know, and shares that. And then you can attach yourself, say that's, my ma- mantra, my mantra, you know, that's what I feel in my heart. But you're right. I, when I hear, number one, articulation and some, I have, I have no sense of what people are saying. Right. I'm not able, maybe I'm half deaf, but also I can't pick up on, on how they articulate words. And so I miss Because of the rhythm, I guess? The way, I don't know the way the rhythm, rhythm they say it in? Or just, I don't know. I just don't hear the words. 
Yeah. You know? And then you're right, though, when a lot of them, it, it is a song a person can only write from their own experience. And sometimes when you think about it, when you think about the Beatles or anybody, I mean, these are, you know, 18-year-old, 20-year-old kids, you know, what life has they, have yeah. they lived? You know, so what do they know about that we, they can impart to us? Exactly. But I think the, the thing about it is that the listener is in the same spot. Music is for young people. It's not really made for old people. Do you know what I mean? Probably, I don't know. All the best music was made by young people, if you think about it. Uh, No, well, not not if you're talking, what do you call it, like symphonies and orchestras and all that's old people. A lot of old people. Yeah, but is that really good music? And how about people like, you know, Tony Bennett, Frank Sinatra... You know, people... Well, he was in his 30s, Frank Sinatra. Oh, okay, so you're saying that then. Yeah. All right. But I guess you're I mean, right. he's had a few songs out. Okay, let's say rock and roll. Oh, oh no. Rock and roll is for young people. Oh, young people. And I I think of hip-hop as rock and roll a little bit. It's the same I get same a kick out of the vibe. fact that people, young bands, you know, the Stones or whatever, and you still see them in their 70s. Yeah. And I'm thinking, wow, when I was 20... I don't think I go hear any group, you know, in their 70s play right. music. Right. You know, the fact that 50 years later, it's some young people can still relate to it. Do you think young people are really going to those shows? I think so, yeah. Oh, no, you're right. I would think my dad would go oh, okay. to see. Okay, all right. No, that's a good point. I couldn't verify yeah. one way or the other, but you're right. Some people do it for nostalgia, like, oh, I couldn't yeah. afford them then, but I can go now. Yeah, you're probably right. Maybe that is part of it. But I think you said yourself, you like music. I would love to go see the Stones. Yeah, and you like some of the music. Oh, yeah, I like the Stones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying, where I'm trying, like, when I was 20, would I like some singer, you know, who would have been... Well, the difference is they're not playing new music. They're playing the music that they wrote when they were Exactly. That's why I'm able to connect to it. Right, yeah. It's interesting that they don't come up with anything new. I, I don't want them to. No. I think it'd be lame. <laughs> it's funny how it'd be I can... lame how they could relate to yeah. any 20-year-old right. mindset. Yeah, that's Well, true. especially when they're so rich, you know, oh, yeah. they have everything they want. But it's interesting how across time, I can relate to another 20-year-old. I'm about to be 21. But I can relate to another 20-year-old 60 years ago. Exactly. Because it's, we're all people and then emotions are the same, I think, when you go through life. You're probably right. Yeah, I got one more question, then we're going to do this quiz thing. Um, do you remember the first time you heard music and thought, I don't get this at all? What is well, this? Well, no, no, no. I don't get rap music at all. Yeah. And I always think it's a cop-out for people who can't sing. Right. They do rap. And I know it's a gift. I mean, I could never do it. And all the right. rhymes, I think that's cool. You can do all these rhymes. Right. But as far as I would want to get as far away from rap music as I can, yeah, I see no joy. I see, you know, and for the gangster rap or the, yeah. you know, the womanizing rap or the, you know, just not, not good. You're right. It's not positive. No, I'll tell that's you that. it. it's not positive. There's two aspects to it. There's anger. Yes. Right. And then also, I think it feel it's for people that are insecure. This is a new theory I've made up. Oh, okay. I think that especially black people are insecure. Yeah. And young people are insecure in general. But I like rap music because I got all the money. I got all the bitches. I don't have anything, right? <laughs> but I'm listening to it. It makes me feel good because I'm insecure. 
Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I like to say this stuff that's good about me. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, so, yeah. That's my new that's thing. Your that's your This is my bucket list. Yeah. Okay, I got these quizzes. All right. And so, make me look foolish. Yeah, this is your paper. No, well, I don't know. You, have you seen the answers already? No, I haven't seen the answers. So, do I ask you? You've got my answers, and I've got your answers. Oh, wait, the questions okay. and the answers. You want to go first? Yeah. And I've got, I'm going to tally the points here. And have you seen this? I haven't seen mine, and okay. you haven't seen yours. All right. Ready? Yeah. Back, what this says, Back to Black, was, the, oh yeah, Back to Black was a best-selling album for which singer? Back to Black? I'm going to, a singer? I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess. Um, I'm gonna guess. Uh, it's a singer. Back to black. Think female. Female. I'm gonna say Whitney Houston. Nope. No. Who? Amy Winehouse. Oh. All right. So. Wait. Are you asking me a, a music point. question? Yeah. Oh. These are five music questions, okay. and we'll see who does if better. Because these are really hard. I okay. didn't realize he was going to make these so hard. Who made Dad, Dad wrote these. Oh, okay. In 1965, yeah. the Turtles' rendition of this Bob Dylan tune became the group's first top ten hit. What's a multiple choice? Are you going to give them to me? I don't have a multiple oh, okay. choice. Um, it's a Bob Dylan song oh, yeah. that the Turtles covered. You know, I should know. And there's another guy. What's with Bob Dylan? I don't like Bob Dylan that much either. Really? I've heard covers. I like his songwriting, but his voice is annoying. It's annoying. I can't hear a word he's saying. No clue. But let's see. I should know, like, his top song. I don't. Hold on one second. Let me dwell here for a minute. I can't think of it. I'll give you a different question. All right. What, um... What Bob Dylan song did Jimi Hendrix cover that was really popular? Oh, yeah, thanks a lot for that. No? No, That was even easier. Okay, so the first one, the Turtles one was It Ain't Me, Babe. He did that? Wait, what did the Turtle one? The Turtles covered the Bob Dylan song It Ain't Me, Babe. He did It Ain't Me, Babe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then Jimi Hendrix did All Along the Watchtower. All what? All Along the Watchtower. See, that I don't even know. That song, every Vietnam movie. It ain't movie. me, babe. I always think it's Sonny and Cher. Oh, really? <laughs> they did it. Yeah. <laughs> you mean they weren't first? No, it says Bob Dylan was first. Okay. Okay, you got another question oh, for me? Oh, sorry. All right, Where Is the Love was a breakout hit in 2003 for which U.S. hip-hop group? Where Is the Love? Where Is the Love? Yeah. I'm going to get, I don't know, but I'm going to guess Bone Thugs and Harmony. Black Eyed Peas. Oh, okay. I even know they're they're considered a U.S. hip hop group. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. How do you hip-hop. differentiate hip hop from rock? They are kind of rock and roll. Yeah, how do you think? Yeah, got a good good. Okay, I got to answer the question All right. for you. Which singer performed the theme song for the James Bond version for the James Bond movie Thunderball in nineteen sixty six? The singer. Yeah. Adele. <laughs> 1966. Oh, wait. 1966. 1966. <laughs> she wasn't born yet. I've 19... got... My questions for wait, you are 60s to 70s. Your yeah. questions for me are 2010. Oh, okay. That helps a little bit. That's funny. 1960. It's someone we talked about earlier. Oh, it's a jazz person, isn't it? It's someone jazzy... we talked about earlier. Is it not Frank Sinatra? Mm-hmm. Wait, wait. We talked about him? Before we started recording, we talked about him. 
Oh, did we? Mm-hmm. See, that's the other thing I can't remember now. Oh. What is it? Tom Jones. Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah. Okay, you got a question for me? Yeah, okay. Uh, you're going to get this one. If oh, you don't okay. get this one, I'll be surprised. Parachutes. Uh, oh. A Rush of Blood to the Head. X and Y are albums by which rock band? Coldplay. You got it. See, I know. I know. I hate Coldplay, by the way. Do you? I think they're annoying. Okay. Which artist invented the music production technique called the Wall of Sound in the 1960s? Oh, that's the guy that murdered someone. Yeah. That guy, uh, this guy was crazy. Yeah. His last name begins with an S. It's... Wait, wait. What is it? I can't remember. Phil Spector. Yes. I was right. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. Because I said yes? Yeah, because you knew who it was. Yeah, I did. All right. All right. Which jazz artist won five Grammy Awards in 2003, including Album of the Year for Come Away With Me? Come Away With Me. Nora Jones. Yeah. You got two right, right? Yeah, Yeah, two so far. Two to one. Okay. What's the first song by Elvis Presley to become his first U.S. number one in the 60s? In the 60s? Love Me Tender. No, it's Stuck on You. Stuck on You? That's what it's Oh, but seeing the, seeing the set in the 60s. That was his first number one hit in the 60s? Or That's first number one hit ever? The first song by Elvis Presley to become his first... This question is written stupid. What's the first song by Elvis Presley to become a U.S. number one in the 60s? That's it doesn't right. say ever. It says in yeah. the 60s. Yeah, okay. That's a weird and What question. was the answer? Stuck on You. Oh, okay. I thought they were like... Three. I don't know that one. Stuck on You. Yeah, I'm surprised. I don't really know that one. Yeah. All right, last one, buddy. Uh-huh. Oh, this is easy. I'm going to make it harder. Which band had an album called Stadium Arcadium? Stadium Arcadium? I, I'm going to guess Arcade Fire. Now, let me read the question way he has it. Oh, okay. Which spicy band... Oh, Red Hot album? Chili Peppers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I took the spicy out. You would have got it. You know, it. I thought Arcade Fire got... because the album sounded like Arcade Fire. Yeah, you would have got it right. Yeah. I took spicy, spicy out. Band. So you got three... Now, does that not... Value? Wait, I got one more. I got one more oh, question. Oh, okay. Okay. Peter Noon was the lead singer of which band? Oh, the Monkees. Wait, Peter wait. Noon? Peter Noon. Hold on. Peter Noon. Peter Noon. Who? Herman's Hermits. Oh, and people used to say I looked like him. Oh, yeah? Even when I was young. Oh. Isn't that funny? And I knew it, by the way. I, you I knew, knew it? I knew it. Was, but I don't know if you No, no, it. no. You, if you go deep in the research... By the way, you mind, said the monkeys. I, <laughs> isn't there a noon or a Peter that... I don't know. Peter, I knew it was... I couldn't think of his name. All right, you well, beat that me was in that competition. Um, I got one more question for okay. you. You're not in music. I usually ask people what's if you could pick an album to be mandatory listening in America, yeah. but you, you're not going to be able to answer that. If you could pick a book that's mandatory reading... Besides the Bible? You're the king of America. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, if you oh, say the Bible, that's a boring okay. answer. Okay. You're the king of America. King Everyone, of America. they turn 18 wow. and they have to read this book. Wow. You know what? I'm thinking, I'm thinking. You know what? I almost like to say any Lincoln biography mm. that, you know, 
just showed what a great president, a great man of faith, and how what he did to save this nation and yeah. during the you know the Confederate, I mean during the Civil War. That's a good answer. You know, I mean, obviously there's therapists and you know things to live by, but um, yeah, probably. All right. You know, it, it's sad because I I don't read that much, yeah, and I don't listen to music. And maybe, I don't know what that stems from. I, but I, you read more than a lot of people. Oh, I do. I read the paper every day. I do read articles. I read... But it seems yeah, like every I, month you finish a book. Well, I, I, I'm very slow now. But you're right. Yeah. I am reading probably a book a month. You know. But as you get older, your memory dissipates. The wonderful yeah. thing, I can pick up a book that I read five years ago... Oh, that's read fine. half of it before I realize I read it already. Yeah. You know, so you, you have that to look forward to. You get That's to enjoy good. books over and over again. Yeah. You know, movies, you can go to a movie and you love it because you forgot that you saw it you yeah. know, three years ago. <laughs> That's All right. Well, thanks for talking to me. All right. That was fun.